I'm Catherine Rubino. Oh, okay. That's my name. Don't wear it out. I don't think there's any risk of that. So, (laughs) welcome to this edition. We're uh, both editors here at Above the Law, and we're doing this show as we do every week to go over some of the big stories of the past, of the week that was. Yeah. In. We try uh, to give a little bit of a recap vibe. Yeah, you know. uh, Nothing too crazy. Yeah, you know, and uh, we begin as per usual with a little bit of uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, I, I fully turned on it. I oh, like yeah? it. Yeah, it's fun. You think this is reverse psychology, don't no. you? <laughs> Maybe no. <laughs> I earnestly think it adds a bit of whimsy to our day. Whimsy. Whimsy. Yeah. How was your weekend, Joe Patrice? Uh, good. Took a travel to a debate tournament, did that, came on back. I've been, you know, I saw the end of the various football games, uh, which were interesting. Well, one of them was interesting. That's a good point. The other one was the opposite of interesting. You have to feel, though, for the 49ers, their inability to keep a quarterback healthy is truly astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is fair. Their fourth stringer (laughs) went down. (laughs) Yes. And then they brought back the third stringer who couldn't throw the ball. Yeah. So rough times, rough times for San Fran. Yeah, no, uh, that's a, that's a string of fairly rough losses, but whatever. So yeah. So did all that. What about you? What's up? Anything up? Not necessarily weekend, just like whatever. Not, nothing too, too crazy going on here. I feel like there's been a recent influx of very interesting TV shows. Mm. And I feel like I need to prioritize which ones I'm actually going to invest my time in. Okay. Which is a very low stakes thing to have to worry about. Yes. <laughs> but but here we are. Recently watched Kaleidoscope on okay. Netflix, which is that TV show. It's like a heist t- movie but broken up into TV show form, and then you can watch it in any order, except that uh, there's okay. like a last episode. But other than that, you can kind of watch it in whatever order. Okay. Which I think is interesting. I think the concept is is more intriguing than necessarily the plot, but I enjoyed myself watching okay. it. But now I'm trying to find like other people I know who have watched it in a different order. So we right, can, so you're going to have that conversation. Yeah. Have you which, watched uh, it? makes sense. I have not. Really? So. So I can't help Shame. you. Shame. Shameful. Yeah. I, I feel as though this is like some sort of attempt to guilt me into doing that. But, you know, I. Yes. I'm steadfast. I you will not, are clever. I will, not, you are I will not. I will not be. I will not be bullied by. I don't think it's bullying. It's just, you know, you know subtle pressure. You and apply. the woke mob trying to make. Wow. I don't even know. Yeah. Wow. Whatever. I, I've been doing a lot of stories about people who feel as though that's a complaint that they can make. So, yeah. So. Wild. Yeah. Anyway. Other than that, I'm kind of in a good mood this morning because I went to Sonic and got a Diet Coke with their delicious crunchy ice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the little things that really make a day. I actually investigated a while ago whether or not, like, there was a way to make that kind of ice at home. And they do sell ice makers that can make. I have certainly seen TikToks about it. They can can make. (laughs) Sonic style ice and those things are like 500 bucks each to get a thing that just makes that ice and I was like ah, I can't that feels worth it 
Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I'm appreciably more wealthy than you, but I do think that ice would increase my personal. That kind of ice in particular would increase my personal value to life. Mm. Wow, your life is in a weird place. If that's <laughs> that's a life enhancing maybe moment, maybe or maybe you're in a great time, place. Yeah, I can just take the time to appreciate the small things that okay. really improve okay. the overall texture and fabric of yeah. my day to day. Yeah, because that can cut two different ways. It can either <laughs> be that you're so, good one. you're either so good that you care about these little <laughs> things, or it's so bad that the infinite increase that is just getting ice <laughs> pull you out ice. of your dreary. It's you can like chew the ice. It's really good. Mm. It's like nugget ice. Is really you can. It's yeah. It's the little things, Joe, make life worth living. Which you're like tiny pleasure that you get some true enjoyment from. Enjoyment. I'm trying to remember what that is. Uh, since, Are you for real right since now? Since law school. <laughs> it's been steadily down ever since you graduated law school. Uh, what's the line from the movie, the great movie Office Space? On every day you see me, that's the worst day of my life. No. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess. You don't work in big law anymore. That's true. <laughs> I guess in... If there's anything that uh, brings my life joy, it's writing about law professors. Oh my gosh, here we go. You're talking about work. I mean, I have to because unfortunately our our time is up for small talk, so I have to segue. There's shit. no timer. Ah, uh, see, that's... this is just you not wanting to divulge what actually brings you joy. Because mm. I refuse to believe that you have no joy. See, but again. You don't know how much fun it is to talk about law professors, so let's get into that. Oh, man. Uh, one of the big stories that we had last week is that a law professor who you know works at several of the New York area law schools in various capacities, but uh, in this instance was up at Columbia teaching evidence. Professor, it was lecture being filmed, had a microphone. A student came up and asked if it was possible to slow down a little on some concepts because of the number of international students in the class who were struggling to keep up with the speed of the lectures. And he said no. Well, is it because, you know, there's a lot of concepts to get through. You really do have to get through all of the hearsay exceptions. I agree. And and that I, I got to be honest. So this this we got a deluge of tips about this particular story with people sending us clips of the video, because what he says is not just no. He says it's an assumption of risk that they can't keep up and that he's been doing this <laughs> oh, for these same lectures for years and he's not changing them. And then when she walked away. He just like muttered under his breath, oh, fuck you. Well, so, that's less great. Yeah, when that it's caught it on video, that is Oops. less great. Now, but you do hit on a good point. A, a lot of the students who sent us this tip, and he has since apologized for this, which is the correct move. Of course, you sh yes. should curse uh, at your students, particularly not when you know it's being taped. Yeah. Well, one thing, though, in, in my coverage of it, I tried, a lot of the students were very like, this is so awful, uh, which, you know, there, there is that. But I, I tried to bend over a little bit backwards to, look, it, it is, like you said, you can't like skip a hearsay exception, right? right. Uh, and the professors have a finite amount of time that they can cover the material. And if, you know, slowing down to get more in depth on something means trading off with talking about something else. And so that request mid course is actually 
very difficult and bordering on unreasonable. So I'm throwing that out there. I I think that perhaps that particular accommodation is not one that's likely for the reasons you've outlined, but perhaps there are other things. There are office hours. You said that there was a video, right? Yeah. So one thing is this, this is videotaped, right? Uh, I Mm -hmm. think that's a fairly important uh, fact here. Uh, Yes. He's not slowed down, but you can go back over the videos and watch those, which, you know, I didn't have videos of all my courses. So this is actually an accommodation that's already pretty reasonable. Yes, it is different to see the lecture cold later than it is to understand it in the moment and be able to ask questions about it there. But, you know, theoretically, if the right response here would be for him to say, I'm sorry, that's why we have the videos, but... You know, I'm happy to have extra office hours or I'm happy to have a study session Mm -hmm. where we do slow down like one more. What these are the sorts of responses that you need to be able to do. Now, I understand that there's kind of in the moment frustration whenever you get told you need to change change the way you've done something for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. But as I point out, you still can't go the (laughs) go the direction of cursing out the students, which it's probably not a good look. Yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, he didn't think he was doing to their face, but you know. Sure. Sure. It's still, what a, happened? It's a hot mic, you know. Yeah, and and I know there's plenty of outrage for people for, for a law professor, you know, cursing a student, even though questionable whether or not the student heard it in the moment. Although, I mean, there must have been enough that was heard because, I mean, yeah, you can go back on the video and look at it, but you know, somebody heard it in real time to even know to look at the video, I suppose, but. I don't know. The legal profession is not known as the most courteous profession to one another. That's fair. So, to, you know, we get, a, I hear a lot of complaints from folks when there are certain accommodations or certain complaints about things that are happening in the legal academia. And they say, well, how are they ever going to learn how to be real lawyers? And it's like, well, you don't have to be actually exposed to the N-word from your law yeah. professor uh, in order to understand what is happening in those cases. Yeah, and I and I think that that is true, but I also think that maybe hearing "fuck you" from a law professor probably isn't um, the worst bit of rudeness that you will hear in the course of your legal profession. Yeah, like I felt of this story uh, that it was very much like I I felt very conflicted throughout the story because I was like, yes, this is unacceptable, and he needs to apologize, which of course he did. He needs to do something to accommodate students because it is something of an exclusion that's happening solely along national origin lines. And that's not a great thing either. (laughs) That, that is a, that is a category. But I also thought it's an understandable response to being told to change up things midway through. And I wanted to highlight that too. So it's one of those stories that you write where you're trying to make clear that it's a multifaceted yeah, there's problem. There's nuance here. Yeah. And I think it, certainly from the reader response, I think that that has been understood, but that maybe is do? I didn't think that from the reader response. Oh yeah, what, what, what was your take? I mean, the reader response I've been getting has been nothing but people claiming that I'm some sort of destroying the legal profession by daring to question a law professor who the, the law professors should be more cruel to students. What's wrong with all the sissification of the blah, blah, blah. Like I, that's all I've gotten. Wow. Oh yeah. 
Have wow. you not been seeing these? They usually come to the general tips yeah, line. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't looked perhaps as closely, but I just saw a couple that just seemed like a normal, like, oh, that, but, but, you know. Listen, he should, should he have done what he did? No. Do we understand it? Yes. Did he apologize? Should he make accommodations in the future? Also, yes. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, and I and I hope the one thing I kind of hope about the story is that it that everyone's taking something away from it, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm not sure based on the reader response has happened. But everybody should be taking something away, both the professor side that you should be more accommodating where you can and the student side that sometimes these requests are going to frustrate the professor and that's going to be OK. And definitely. The problem here was the lack of accommodations or the lack of in the moment generosity toward accommodation and absolutely not. Oh, no, someone used a bad word at me, which right. I mean, we can talk and, and should talk about making the legal profession a more humane place and try to use whatever influence we have to make people be more yeah, civil to each other. But it's it's not going to change completely no matter what we do there are going to be horrible clients we can't control them i mean there listen there's a a active stereotype in big law of the screamer partner mm -hmm. that doesn't know another volume besides full and will happily use any number of curse words in your at you directed at you directed at your family members yeah. if you you know and don't the, organize yeah. their binder correctly right and and while we should sit we should be unswerving that uh, that's not okay mm -hmm. it also is not the end of the world that it that that sort of stuff is happening you know you can you can believe both things that the world can be better and that it's not the worst problem in any given situation that's all i was kind of hoping and you know that's why i thought this was kind of a it was classic above the law as a mm. piece in that it's a fairly provocative situation and headline. Oh, my God, this professor says whatever. And hopefully the story talks about the nuances involved. I, I always like to think the best of above the law is when we hook people with a wild and crazy situation and then manage to hopefully uh, get across <laughs> that there's some nuance in it as we get further. Fair enough. Calidus AI cleverly supports you by suggesting relevant law to address your complex issues. Put in simple questions or longer fact patterns, then Calidus asks you to confirm if points are salient before proceeding. Use Calidus to check if you found all the key concepts, cases, and statutes. Calidus turns that into a high-quality, customer-ready document. Handle complexity confidently with Legal's most advanced AI platform. Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at CalidusAI.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-D-U-S-A-I.com. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. 
Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network. Available wherever podcasts are found. Okay, we're back. What else has happened? Uh, Justice Peggy McBrewstein was, uh, did a little thing. Yeah, yeah. Kavanaugh is back uh, in the news. He gave a talk at Notre Dame Law School. And it was very interesting for the things that he didn't say, right? You have to remember that right the week or so, maybe 10 days before he made the appearance, or at least before the contents of the appearance became public, because it's the Supreme Court, there was a delay between the event and when we all heard about it. But there was the movie at Sundance, the Mm -hmm. surprise documentary called Justice uh, by director Doug Lyman that Mm -hmm. details all of the sexual assault allegations that have been leveled against Brett Kavanaugh, as well as the less than thorough FBI investigation into the same. Yeah. So there's that kind of going on in the background. If you had, you know, if you had Brett Kavanaugh on your Google News alerts, <laughs> you would have seen a ton of stuff um, from Sundance, not just because of the contents of the film, but also the uh, producers of the film said that following the premiere, they got a bunch of new tips about new stories, about new things. One might have hoped at one point that the FBI might have looked into these things, but, you know, we're not holding our breath anymore. Yeah, no, the FBI doesn't do that sort of stuff very well, apparently. So it's against this backtrap. He comes to Notre Dame and starts talking shit on U.S. news. Yeah, so in the middle, well, he he also talked about how, oh, everybody on the Supreme Court loves each other. Yeah, he also definitely, which is another interesting thing because of the context of it Mm -hmm. all. I think that if you look over the last 10 or so years of these random talks that various justices on both sides of the political spectrum give at law schools, there's lots of these sorts of quotes as the ones that he was giving that, you know, oh, where's the collegial? We have lunch together. Some of the details even, I was like, yes, I've heard that before, that they have weekly lunches together uh, when court's in session. And, you know, these kind of various details. These things come up a lot in kind of general Supreme Court conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that happened, but the, what I think makes it particularly interesting that Brett Kavanaugh brings it up now is that there've been lots of stories and lots of rumors about the Supreme court no longer getting along. Yeah. It's almost like you can track the barometer less by the justices saying they do get along and counting the number of times that they don't push out this obligatory claptrap. If, if a, Justice speaks at an event and does not go effusively into how everybody's best friends. That's a way more telling than hearing that <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. And again, this is on the back of a story in the Atlantic uh, detailing some of the information we have for what's going on. And, and sort of since the court has become more radicalized, you know, post Dobbs, there have been a sort of fraying of tensions on the court. Uh, and they point to a couple of specific examples and sort of uh, when the last big story about the court was they don't like each other for his main takeaway of his talk to be like, what are you talking about? Oh. We're best friends. Yeah. Is uh, stark. All right. Well, I, I derailed you there because I thought that was an interesting topic too. But you also wanted to talk about how he ha- he has thoughts on U.S. news. He don't like them. Oh. He don't like the rankings. Oh, 
Well, so that the reputation score. So part of the U.S. News rankings for those who maybe don't know is they give out surveys to law schools for folks to rank how prestigious they think their peer schools are. Mm -hmm. And he says that that is that does not reflect the actual quality of legal education that they're receiving. Mm, Interesting. Uh, At this point, I will point out that Brett Kavanaugh's clerks all went to Yale, Harvard or Stanford. This term, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and even if you look historically, there's not n- not many out of that little cluster. Um, I, I think do believe they that, have a couple in the T14, yeah, kind of outside of just the very tippy hop. But they're not they're no state school, well, non T14 state schools mm. represented on there. It's not like he's having. He, it's not like he's changed how he hires clerks compared to all of his peers and all of the allegations of sort of you know, elitism that is very much represented in the reputation score in the U.S. News ranking. Yeah, so the U.S. News, look, there there are a lot of problems with the U.S. News, but Mm -hmm. it has become fashionable to bash this uh, ranking service in ways that it almost makes as as an above-the-law writer for quite some time, it it feels somewhat bittersweet. (laughs) It feels like this is a ranking that we have bashed for years for a number of fairly, you know, we think fairly substantial and important reasons. And now between law school, elite law schools and Supreme Court justices, they're all bashing it too for mostly bad reasons. (laughs) Uh, I I find myself having to defend U.S. News, an entity that I have been mocking for years because the current criticism of them is so dumb. Yeah. Again, nuance is kind of the word of the episode here. Yes. Nuance is the word of the episode. And anytime that means that anytime you hear someone use the secret words, scream ah! real loud. All right, that, nobody, <laughs> nobody gets that reference amongst Come on, PB's Playhouse? People I mean, I, I know you do, but I, 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 I feel as though our audience may die. Anyway, but that is what that is. All right. What's the uh, last nuanced topic we've got? Uh, uh, oh, see, you didn't. <laughs> I was turned away, Joe. Yeah. Uh, So the last story we have to talk about is the big law partner that cost his firm $62 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So it's a story that uh, the Kansas City Star was on top of, um, and it's about uh, Hush Blackwell partner, Charles Renner. Uh, and it's, there's a lot of detail here. I don't want to go into all of it. We're, you know, we don't want to have an hour and a half long episode. But basically, the Kansas City Star was able to get a hold of uh, the arbitration decision between a former Hush Blackwell client, this engineering firm, uh, and, the, and the firm as a result of the what went on for the Kansas City airport, uh, the new they're building a new buildings and doing a whole bunch of cool stuff there, whatever. Uh, and this former this engineering firm had been a, a client of the firm, worked with another partner, in fact, had had uh, conflict checks and, you know, c- conflict waivers that they had signed in the years kind of leading up to this. And in fact, Renner had reached out when they he, when it became public that this engineering firm was trying to negotiate with the city to kind of get this contract to redo the airport. He reached out and wanted to represent them and they apparently declined. Uh, and then the next day he reached out to the city council and tried to represent them. He eventually, uh, yeah, <laughs> along with uh, Wilmer Hale was made outside counsel on this project. 
And a lot of the things he did or is alleged to do, and that's what the arbitration panel found uh, during the course of his representation of the city on this project, was to kind of <laughs> tip the scales in the opposite favor <laughs> of his former client and engineering firm. Uh, he actually had another client that put in a competing bid for the thing for the. Uh, contract, that client eventually got it in part because he told folks on the city council they really couldn't vote for his old client's proposition because it was in violation of the city of municipal bond ordinance, dot, dot, dot. When the winning bid of his new client was accepted, it was eventually learned that that bid was also not in compliance with the bo municipal bond ordinance. And in fact, it had to be amended. Yikes. So there's a lot of back and forth that, that happened there. And the arbitration panel decided that the award would be $62 million, which is the profit that the engineering company would have expected had they been awarded the contract. Mm. Conflict, yeah. conflict checks are no joke. <laughs> they, they are not. Yeah. You know, and actually that, I, this is very much changing the topic, but to another legal industry conversation uh, that segues well, conflicts are no joke, which is why the growing, we, we've been reporting a lot about mergers. We, you know, we're looking at this Hogan Lovell's uh, Sherman Sterling merger mm -hmm. that may well be happening. We've also seen a bunch of mid and regional level mergers. And, when we say conflict checks are no joke, like historically those sorts of mergers become an issue because conflicts show up. You start having, you know, when you're especially when you're dealing with organizations with hundreds of partners, you start end up having to have the conversation, you're going to have to forfeit half your book mm -hmm. because it conflicts with somebody at this other firm's book that is in, you know, that is, is that is adverse. larger, so it makes sense yeah. for the firm. But when partners are being paid on their individual book right. is a real source of discontentment for that partner or that group. Yeah. So it's in most mergers, you know, you think there might be some redundancy issues to, on the back end, but more or less mergers bring together and create something bigger. Doesn't necessarily work that way at the individual level. You know, you end up with a lot of folks who find the business that they've built. Uh, they find themselves in a situation of looking elsewhere or forfeiting mm -hmm. a lot of their value to the firm, which, you know, translates to how much they get paid, which is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, when, when we talk conflicts, they really, they really do reverb throughout the whole. For sure. I think in, there are allegations in this particular case, though, that um, this attorney had actually gone to like a client party at that engineering firm's place, like in the middle of as this is all going on. It wasn't like he was really unaware of the engineering firm's relationship I, with the law firm. I didn't suggest <laughs> it was the same situation. No, I, know. I said just, I was yeah. a segue. Segue. There are. Se is, are you trying to start a new sound effect? What? What is that? No, I just forgot to do my small talk. Oh, yeah. So I just wanted to bring him back here. No, but yeah, there have been a lot of mergers, I think, in big law this year. And it'll be interesting to see how many. I mean, we're we're still in January. I guess this episode will come out the first week of February. But yeah, you've already screwed it up. Now, it. You've destroyed the illusion. Do you really think everyone thinks we're live? You think? No, mm -hmm. no. And everyone's familiar with how podcasts work. This isn't like new tech. Anyway. The point is, we've seen a bunch of them for only the first month or so into the new year. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how it ramps up, particularly with the kind of 
specter of lagging collections going on, of, you know, decrease in profits per partner we're expecting when last year's financials get reported out. It'll be interesting. Cool. All right. I think that's everything for us today. Woo-hoo! Yeah, so if you aren't already subscribed, you should be. That way you get all these new episodes when they come out. You should be listening to The Jabot, another podcast that Catherine hosts. You can also listen to the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable that I'm on. You can listen to the other shows on the Legal Talk Network. In the case of all of those shows, you should give reviews and write some things. You know, that gets more people listening. You can read above the law, of course, so that you see more of these stories before we talk about them. Maybe, you know, it's like your homework. You can can try to guess what we're going to talk about. You can have your own (laughs) opinions before you hear us chat. Uh, You should be following us on social media. For now, it's still mostly at Twitter until that really does collapse, but we'll <laughs> For now. see. Yeah, yeah. The, the blog is at ATL blog. So that is true. That. And then you're, I think, at Joseph Patrice. That is true. And you? I'm at Catherine One. So the word, oh, oh no, no, not the word, the numeral one. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. See, you're, you're smarter than you look. Okay. <laughs> uh, with, uh, so what else? Uh, we, we, um... Is there anything else there? I can't even remember. I think I, we're I've pretty lost good. Lost track of uh, our oh, usual. Listen, yeah. listen to other podcasts that are on, on about, the on the Legal Talk so, Network. Yeah, yeah, I think I did say did that. You? I can't remember. You're and review Jabot. those too. Yeah. Okay, great. Then then let's uh, get out of here, y'all. Okay. Then I think that is it. We will uh, talk to you next week. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.